Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know it. Who let the dogs out? Who? Who? Off the Hook. Airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome on a Tuesday. She's Amanda LaFrada. I am Dave Hooker. As we are off and rolling, Crazy Nug's already with us. Thanks for waiting. And I had a, a fancy new intro and I hit the wrong button, so we'll see that later. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering. You were like, check out the new intro. And I was like, oh, it's great. Yeah, so we've got a lot to get to. We want you to hit that like and subscribe button, and we want you to share as well. Comment below. Coming up on the program today, we will have a new segment that I'm excited about. Uh, tell us about it, Amanda. We're going to call some people out in the SEC. Yeah, definitely. It's Try Again Tuesday. And what we're going to do is we're going to say something basically that someone in the SEC has done that is stupid. And then we're going to say, try again. Yep. I like it. And also we'll have that coming up. And as we do each and every Tuesday, we'll have Caleb Calhoun, his thoughts on the Vols over the weekend, no press conference yesterday as it is an off week. Speaking of the off week, Let's get to the down and dirty at 30. And I want to start with the Tennessee LSU game time announced. And that announcement on Off the Hook Sports is brought to you by Honey Bee Coffee. Honey Bee Coffee, it's just darn good coffee, Amanda LaPrada. Yeah, it, just, it really is. And when I was, you know, sick and I couldn't uh, have any, it, it kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. I just, <laughs> I just liked it. I like it and I missed it, so... 
Well, uh, we're back now. And uh, Amanda and I have a uh, production meeting at uh, Honeybee Coffee tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I will down three cups of that in a heartbeat and not even think twice. It's just that good. So uh, be sure and like and subscribe. The Down and Dirty at 30 brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. And let's start with a noon kickoff. LSU. I naturally just thought in my mind that that would be a 3.30 kick uh, or probably a night game, but I definitely didn't think noon. I was absolutely stunned by that, Amanda, uh, and it'll lead us to today's tough question eventually, but it's I know you've got a lot of Tennessee fans that you're, you're buds with. What are their thoughts? I think it's actually better for Tennessee's football team because I believe that it's it's an 11 a.m. start for LSU. It's a noon start for Tennessee. I think it helps Tennessee because you don't play at night. But, Amanda, if I'm a fan, I probably want to see a night game there. So I think it's pretty split. Yeah, I a lot of fans, when it first came out, were very unhappy about it being – you know, the noon game, because I think you feel as a Tennessee fan, you just, you did this thing against Pitt, you did your thing against Florida. And then it's like, no one, no one cares. Like you, you're not getting a a spot, a prime spot. And it, it makes no sense. So you kind of feel disrespected. And I understand that. But as you said, I would rather have a noon kickoff than to play in Death Valley at nighttime. As a, yeah, I would rather have a noon kickoff as a person who's going to write five stories after it. That's for sure. But as a as as a as a Tennessee fan, you should be happy about this. Now, if you're making the trip and you wanted the night game environment and all that stuff, I get it. That that is a super cool place to watch a game. But Tennessee has a better opportunity um, to to play at noon. Uh, loser for you saying is hello. And saying, is this a replay or something? No, the game time was announced yesterday, nevertheless. Um, And then, listen, night games are incredibly tough uh, to play. Especially down there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's really difficult. It's a difficult place to play. Night games, the, the fans get all revved up. It's right up there with the toughest places to play in the entire country. And Garish will tell us that from El Chico. It's free plug, Garish. And Garish will tell us that from El Chico, that it's an incredibly tough place to play because he's an LSU fan. And Amanda, again, I, another factor into this is that LSU typically pl- practices in the afternoon. Tennessee practices in the morning. So you've got the body clock issue. And you can't up and change that because you've got class. They, they do go to class. So you plan around that. I just thought it was a, a really big surprise and a really good thing for Tennessee, quite frankly. Um, the down and dirty at 30 uh, yeah. continues with, uh, hey, uh, that, that Nico guy still recruiting for Tennessee. Uh, Nico uh, Iamaleva is constantly on the prowl for prospects on the recruiting trail, and he was last weekend as well. Five-star quarterback from Warren High School in Downey, California. Was in Knoxville for the Florida game, and Tennessee hosted several uh, highly rated prospects this past weekend, including Boo Carter. So Carter, who's from Chattanooga, said he enjoyed the rowdy environment, but also said he got really close to to Nico and 
We think that Carter is going to play from what I've been told cornerback, but could he be a guy who plays on the offensive side of the ball? Certainly could be. And then uh, we had a person, the loser for you asking if we're um, delayed. He said, I'm a game caught fan. Well, let me tell you this. I'm sorry, but um, that's not going to work out for you. So go ahead and think of the next head coach. But another guy that we, we mentioned on offthehooksports.com that you can check out is Cam Pringle, who uh, right now you would think would stay in the Carolinas, either North Carolina, South Carolina, or perhaps even Clemson. So I think Tennessee, no offense to you, um, South Carolina fan, but I do think that Tennessee would like to th- see things not go well for any Carolina school, but especially South Carolina with Cam Pringle because they might be able to pull him in. I think he's leaning towards South Carolina at this point. But you know, Tennessee, this is probably a little bit before your time, but Amanda, Tennessee's entire starting defensive line for the 98 National Championship was from North Carolina. So hmm. if, if they can continue to have a foothold in there now it's different with the carolinas you've got clemson um and you've got a lot of people that recruit that area including florida has extended up into there more than they ever did before but if you can if you can dominate that area it would be huge for the balls as far as yeah absolutely and with you know in 98 i don't think that north carolina or duke really had much to say in in football and I know we're seeing that now is that we're seeing North Carolina in there. We're seeing Duke. They were undefeated until they played Kansas, which is crazy. And no one thought that was possible. <laughs> but, yeah, we're seeing the Carolina teams really step up over there. Now, of course, you have Clemson, who's been good for the past 10 years. But you have, um, you know, South Carolina is really dropping the ball in the Carolinas as far as that goes I just and I have a friend who's a huge South Carolina fan and he doesn't like what's happening at all so hopefully they'll they'll come back in a couple of years but it's not looking good man uh I hate even calling loser for you um that name because he seems super cool he said no offense taken and that this is better than first take thank you I appreciate that and I will take Amanda LaFrada over Skip Bayless any single day. Any single day. I can't stand it. Um, John asked, Dave, your thoughts on the defense. Should Banks just go ahead and blitz more? The zone versus UF was so soft it made Richardson put up all the SEC numbers. That's something we talked to Chris. I talked to Chris Landry about. And that um, will drop uh, later this afternoon. Um Yeah, I think that Tennessee would have been better off just bringing pressure. I think that Tennessee played soft by design, keeping things in front of them. But mentally is where you have to be disciplined. You can play off coverage, but it doesn't mean that you have to miss tackles. It doesn't mean you have to miss assignments. And I thought that ended up happening. So it it is one of those situations where you have to have the maturity to know that just because you're playing soft coverage, you can't lose that aggressiveness. You can't lose that edge. And I thought Tennessee did at times Saturday in the second half, Amanda. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and and like we talked about before, Anthony Richardson played the, the game of his life. And I don't know where that came from. I, I mean, seriously, I he played better than he's played in any game. And maybe, you know, we've talked to Florida 
people and they say that Florida is not a, they don't consider Tennessee much of a rivalry anymore. Well, maybe that's actually not the case because we saw this Florida team get up to play, but it's still, it's still very encouraging for Tennessee fans that they were able to finish that game as, as bad as it, you know, looked like it was turning. And some more news, the Down and Dirty at 30. Tennessee picked up, uh, we start every day at 8.30, by the way. Hit that like and subscribe button, please share. Tennessee picked up a pair of weekly awards for individual performances from the SEC on Monday. That was not a surprise. Hendon Hooker was definitely going to get the SEC Offensive Player of the Week award. He did, uh, based off his performance, which was just fantastic. Talking to Chris Landry, he was the highest graded player, Chris Landry of Landry Football, who's on our YouTube uh, YouTube channel and breaks down every SEC team and even every conference uh, right there. You can check it out. So he said that Hendon Hooker graded out the highest of every single player on Tennessee's team. And he's not just grading by stats. He's grading by the actual um, assignments and what he was supposed to do. Now, Javantez uh, Spragans, was tabbed the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. And I thought Caleb Calhoun, nothing against Javantes whatsoever, but I thought Caleb Calhoun brought up a great point. You, you had a situation where Cooper Mays, who, yes, works with us at Off the Hook Sports. You can hear his podcast, plug, plug, plug away, Dave. What am I doing? But, Amanda, he was tasked most oftentimes with handling – a dude that was well over 400 pounds, Des Watson. And he moved him on the goal line. And I, um, I'm i not sure why Javantez was picked over Cooper Mays. Perhaps they they held the uh, – if, if you watched it, they there was a bad snap apparently, but it wasn't. He was just trying to get the ball off because he saw somebody that was offside, so it was a free play. And, uh, Amanda, I was, I was surprised that Cooper didn't get that. I didn't want to jinx him, but I thought he would probably get offensive uh, lineman of the week. But instead, Spragans gets it, and I'm sure that Cooper has no problem with it. No, I mean, Cooper seems like the guy. He's very much of a, a team player. And I think you're right on that snap. But if, if people who were doing these grades actually went back and looked at it and realized what Cooper was doing, I think he would be hands down the favorite to win that award. I mean, there's no doubt. That's an Aaron Rodgers type move. I mean, Aaron Rodgers does that all the time in the NFL. I have to be on. I have to be honest for a second. Um, I, I, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a radio guy. And so I'm not used to looking at message boards while we're on the air, but crazy just cracked me up. That UFD lineman was just a fat. And he was. And <laughs> but 400 pounds, you can't be all muscle. No, but it's still 105 pounds compared to Cooper, who's lucky to be 300 and was very undersized coming into college. So John said we played the receivers so far in front of us because we were so concerned being taken by AR-15's legs. Totally agree. But that doesn't mean you need to lack discipline. So a couple other notes on Hendon Hooker, a story on offthehooksports.com. I would encourage you to read So. Visiting, you might have remembered, it was uh, late in the first half. There was a bit of a tussle 
between Hooker and a couple of Florida defenders after he was hit hard and they tried to keep him down to slow up the pace of the game, kind of like people fake cramps with Tennessee's offense. And Hendon Hooker's got that dog in him, Jacob Warren said, and it showed. He kind of got in somebody's face. It was nothing egregious. It was what you you would like to see. Step up to the line, but don't even put a toe over it. You don't want a penalty there. But Hooker is so calm and collected in press conferences, it kind of took me back a little bit. And Amanda, I thought it was super cool. That guy's a competitor. I, I just re- I, it has nothing to do with the last name, but it doesn't hurt. I just absolutely love Hendon Hooker and the way he plays. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not. There's a difference between being a competitor and being a show off. There's, I mean, there's that difference between losing the, um, you know, your emotional hold and being in the competition. Hendon Hooker is very much the competitor. He has his emotions in check. However, he's going to express those emotions when he has to do so. And that was kind of a warning sign, like, get off me. I might, I might listen to gospel music, you know, starting this, but I'm not afraid to, to come at you. So get off me. Let me do my thing. Don't make this dirty and we won't have problems. Yep. Oh, it was cool. And Amanda referencing the fact that he does listen to gospel music before every game, especially on the road with uh, Jacob Warren, who shared that with us. Trevor and John are kind of beating around the same bush. And that is if the receivers are playing so far off, why don't you walk them up and play some press coverage? If you're getting beat by soft coverage, you're not going to like my answer guys. There ain't a, there ain't a Deion Sanders walking around in that backfield. And, uh, you know, I, I think Trayvon Flowers is great at the safety position. I know he was preseason all SEC, but, you know, that there's just – I don't think there's great talent there. I mean, John's saying we should have tightened up. Maybe, but then you, then you get beat uh, if you play any sort of press coverage, potentially by uh, Richardson's arms. I just – John's saying they don't have the best receivers either. I agree with that. But I think the only way you lose that game is to allow big plays by mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. And ultimately, they they didn't do that. They they allowed a bunch of good plays, but not monster plays. And he has the ability no. to do more, Amanda. Yeah, they, they allowed a bunch of, of little – I mean, I wouldn't say little. But they got – you know, obviously, Florida got the yardage. You kept him out of the end zone. That's what you had to do. And and if you, you know, played that coverage, I don't think you'd necessarily do that. I think if it if it's blown, that's touchdown immediately. So I I agree with you on that on that fact. Like if you wanted to hold them to as little points as possible, not necessarily as little amount of yards, but as little points as possible. Just make sure no one gets by you and you're good. John said, heard a comparison of Coach Hype's offensive scheme and numbers he's posting to Coach Spurrier fun and gun offense when he first arrived in 1990, score points, destroy bad teams, and compete versus better ones. Except for the tempo aspect aspect of it, yes, I think there are some similarities there. I've, I've compared Josh Heupel to Steve Spurrier because he's handling most of the play calls on the field. I don't know if you've ever been on a sideline before, but good Lord, it's impossible to tell what's going on. I don't know how you call plays, but that's a special ability. Just like if you want to say 
Michael Jordan could jump higher than anybody or any other sort of special God gifted you with this. God gifted Josh Heupel and Steve Spurrier with the ability to see things and call plays. Now it's a little bit, it's a, it's a little bit different because of tempo, but the reads are very simple as well. That's why, you know, the Danny Werfels of the wor- world, the Palmers of the world struggled. And, and I hate to say this, Hendon Hooker might in the NFL as well, because it's a simple read. You throw it to that guy or you don't. And that's fine in college, but you can get beat at that in the, at the pro level. But I, th- I think the Hypo and Spurrier comparisons are, are very apt, and that's good for Tennessee. Yeah, I agree with that. Another name I'd throw in there is Lane Kiffin. I know everybody hates him and all that stuff, but he has the same ability to stand on the sidelines and see plays. Like I've seen him multiple times throw up the touchdown when he's standing there before it's even the pass is even thrown. Like he has the ability to read that on the sidelines. And that's incredible to me. I've always found that incredible because I have been there looking. I can't see past these 300 pound linemen. I can't see, but I have no idea what's going on when they're like lined up and you're just staring at them point blank. It's amazing to me that anybody can, can be able to tell stuff while on the sidelines. That's incredible. Uh, And, and I know he, he relies on his coaches in the box and I'm, I'm sure that's a big factor but how you see defensive coverages in particular in the secondary blows me away and Danny say next year we'll have more speed in the backfield I assume he's uh, assuming or he's talking about the defensive backfield I kind of thought they would already with the transfers and the young guys coming in but they haven't been able to uh, to establish themselves yet so Let's get to today's tough question. Today's tough question today is brought to you by my realtor, Andy Mason, andymasonrealestate.com. And Andy is just fantastic. Here's kind of his business model. It might work for you. Best prices, best service into discussion all over the Knoxville area, Andy Mason. So he brings you today's tough question. And Amanda, we were going to do this around the LSU kickoff. How do do we want to attack this? Because there's a couple of different ways we could go after it. Is it good for Tennessee's football team? Are you happy as a fan that it's a noon game? I think you should be, but you might not be if you're making the trip. Um, But how do you want to phrase it? How do you want to put this together? So my thing is, I'm going to say, how do you feel about the LSU-Tennessee kickoff time at noon? or noon kickoff time. And if I'm a Tennessee fan, I don't necessarily think I'm upset about that noon kickoff because guess what happens? You're going down there. You're obviously not driving down in the middle of of the night Friday to go to the game and then driving back. Like that's not happening. You're, you're going to stay. You're not going to go to a game all day and then just head on back, you know, you're, or fly back. You're going to stay the night. So say Tennessee goes down there and and just rocks it. You get all night to go out and and cheer for your team and and claim that victory and doing that in LSU is wonderful. So I, I have told you before that I put aside my I graduated from Tennessee, but I put aside my rooting interest a long time ago because I didn't think it would be a good idea professionally to not be objective and I thought that 
get the emotional roller coaster I've seen other Homer media be on is just not healthy. And and what happens, what coaches don't understand is that when when you're a Homer media, you rip harder when they lose because you're upset. And sometimes you unfairly criticize. But I will tell you this. I loved when Tennessee won on the road because I could go out and have a have a cold beverage and everybody was chill. Whereas yeah. if if the home team won, I just went back to a hotel uh, room. Yeah. Or went to like some sort of steakhouse or something else that didn't involve watching football. And usually it was a hotel room because I wanted to watch the rest of the games that night. So there we go. Today's tough question. So our choices are concerning the LSU game. And what's the question? You set it up for me. So how do you feel about the LSU versus Tennessee noon kickoff time? And the choices are going to be. Um, I feel love it. I feel disrespected. Um, I feel <clears throat> I hate it. And then it's going to be probably wish it was like hate it. Wish it was at, you know, prime time or whatever. That's, that's my I'll get that out. Like, I'll, I like it. obviously. I like it. I like it. Uh, new, nutrition World is, we're, we're so happy to have them on board. And you can order all of your supplements right there from Nutrition World. Please do so, because I know you're already taking uh, a, a lot of things, um, whether it's, I, I take supplements, vitamin D, vitamin B, and all that sort of stuff. You can get it right there at Nutrition World. And you can click on their ads on our site. And they've got the e-commerce store. So you're going to get the best prices. And they take a lot, a lot of pride in making sure they have the best possible products for you. So uh, we'll get today's tough question completely molded, and we will uh, visit with Caleb Calhoun. Bear with me, big audience out there. Tell you what, you give me two minutes, I give you the world. Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Disc Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Disc Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. 
With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassies, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Chatboard is wild and woolly today, and uh, we appreciate that. Um, as one person posted, I see the Bama A&M game being the 330 game, but what conference game is bigger than UT and LSU? It should be the night game. I, I completely agree, logistically. I, I don't understand why South Carolina, Kentucky, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I know we have a South Carolina fan on here right now. I mean, South Carolina is going to get – beat by Kentucky. I mean, that's at Kentucky. You're going to start to see the Shane Beamer thing unravel pretty quickly from what I'm told from some people at South Carolina. So Shame Beamer is what it's going to end up being. Shame. Shame, shame Beamer. Shame. Just, I just came up with that. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I was talking to somebody uh, who, who knows um, uh, who, who knows Shane Beamer and I Listen, I, I I had brief exchanges with him when he was a GA at Tennessee. So I mean, I, that that's all I really know about him on a personal level. And I was told that he loves to go above and beyond to um, to to visit with the media and to make them feel comfortable, which always is a huge red flag for me, Amanda, because that means you're not confident enough in your coaching in and of itself. And I said, wow, that sounds just like Butch Jones. And okay, the response the response was crazy. The response was, oh, no, Butch Jones is a better coach than Shane Beamer. Okay, no. Um, uh, I want to see it play out. This, I, I, You look at his staff, and because I did this yesterday just because of the Cam Pringle thing, I don't think that ends well, and I think it ends poorly sooner than we might have thought we'll see we'll see but i mean i just know that he went above and beyond with his wife just saying that like she's he did out very very pretty yeah, he did he did out kick his coverage she was she was there at sec media days uh, a couple of takeaways cedric tillman is bigger than we thought and shane beamer's wife is hotter than we thought so those would be the things um shane beamer equals Butch, crazy as saying. Uh, the mattress place is where you need to go for your mattress. And do this for me. If you've even thought about needing a mattress or you might one day, go ahead and go to the mattress place and they will totally, totally take care of you. And the mattress place is 30 to 70% off each and every day. And we're talking about over 225 five-star reviews on Google. That's really strong. The mattress place. Tell them off the hook sports sent you. We would greatly appreciate it. And again, everybody that we do business with and everybody that's on the side is vetted, which doesn't happen when you hear a bunch of commercials. So maybe traditional radio. We know all our peeps, uh, whether it's Honeybee, whether it's Craft Treats, whether it's whoever, Andy Mason and we either work with them or will if we need their services. Caleb Calhoun, I work with him, and I need his services. I also need his screen fix, which I just did. Caleb Calhoun joins us with uh, Off the Hook Sports. And, Caleb, we were just talking about the fact that Javante Spragans got the received the um, Offensive Lineman of the Week by the SEC, but why wasn't it Cooper Mays? 
I think there were a couple of reasons it wasn't. And I, I don't think either was Cooper Mace's fault. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think um, there was the fourth down sack that was a busted protection was right up the middle. I, I wasn't that, I think that was Brenton Cox who was on there. Don't, don't quote me on that, but it came right up the middle and it came after Cooper Mace had blocked him and then moved off of him. But the reason Cooper Mace blocked, moved off of him, if you see, was that there was another guy he had to block and Jalen Wright was supposed to pick up the rusher and just got absolutely obliterated on that play. And so I think that, I think that sack might've been attributed to Cooper Mays, even though it shouldn't have been. And I think you're going to reference the other one too, in which I thought it was a uh, poor snap for about half a second. And then I realized that Florida was offside. So it's Cooper's job to, to get the snap off. And I did talk to him after the podcast on Sunday and I, I asked him just to explain to me what happened. And he said that, it was a situation where, yes, he's going to snap it as quickly as he could, and he didn't think Hendon Hooker was ready for it. So it, it, while it looked like an awful snap, if Hooker's ready, he probably reels it in. But the point is, it's a free play. He saw somebody offsides. So what looks like a bad play, if you're looking at it, actually is a very, very intelligent play. Yeah, I mean, does Tennessee even get that offside penalty if he doesn't snap it right there? No, he probably gets back. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was a very heads-up play. And then there was one more. Um, the third and 10 completion to Princeton Fant on the 99-yard touchdown drive. It was the play before the Ramel Keaton pass. Once again, there was a player that blitzed up the middle. Hendon Hooker did a great job avoiding the blitz to get the ball to Fant. But, again, that was on Jabari Small, who got a little confused in the backfield over who he was supposed to block. So, and. I yeah, that there <clears throat> there seemed to be a couple of times where the running back supposed to pick somebody up and and didn't. And I've seen that happen a couple of times this year. Both of you guys take a sip of honeybee coffee at the exact same time. I love it. So, um, Amanda, uh, let's let's reset uh, to, uh, today's tough question because I want to get Caleb's take, and it has to do with the noon kickoff. That stunning to me that it was a noon kickoff or eleven central time at lsu i thought that would be a 330 game or a night game but the tv peeps didn't go in that direction no and so today's tough question how do you feel about the lsu versus tennessee noon kickoff time and there's four options this is disrespected not surprised i wish it was later and i love it when early and right now love it when early is dominating so I am with the love it win early people if you're a Tennessee fan. And I can't say that enough. I mean, a thousand times over, I'm with love it win early, mainly because I think if you're playing LSU in Death Valley, you want to play them at 11 in the morning. You don't want to play them at seven at night. <laughs> and no, you don't. I mean, I, I've, I've been to, um, I remember I, I went to the, about uh, over a decade ago, the Tennessee 13 men on the field fumble game. Um, that they lost to LSU and everybody remembers how that awful play but what people don't forget is Tennessee was had no business being in that game with LSU LSU was way better and they just played so sluggish so sloppy the fans weren't really into it it it's Baton Rouge they they party hard they're usually hung over at 11 in the morning so yeah I mean, hands down yeah so I think that I mean, you compare the what happened in 2010 versus what happened in 2000 when Tennessee was the far superior team and Nick Saban gets his breakout win against Tennessee. 
with Rohan Davies first start and the fans were rowdy as heck. I think that, you know, I think that this is, and particularly because I know Tennessee fans want to say that they've been tested with the road game. Anybody who watched that pit game, that was a neutral side game almost. I think Tennessee fans may, may have gotten up to 50% of that stadium filled. So this was going to be their first true road test. You don't want to be in Death Valley at night. No. And yeah. <clears throat> man, some bad things have happened down there, including the Eric Ainge bouquet toss and which he got thrown into the goalpost. Um, you mentioned having, I think they had 14 defensive tackles on the field at the same time. <laughs> and that was, that was the very moment that Chuck Smith essentially lost his job. And <laughs> that the, I mean, in all sincerity, after that, it was up to Lance Thompson, the linebackers coach, to handle the substitutions for the linebackers and the defensive linemen because poor Chuck didn't know who to send in and who not to. I mean, you talk Save about less miles from being fired the next day, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you talk about one of the all time dumbest hires. I mean, I, I, this is not Chuck Smith's fault, but Chuck Smith is a technician that's taught how he teaches defensive ends how to rush the passer. That doesn't mean that he's a great defensive line coach. He just happened to be buddies with Derek Dooley. That was one of the most bizarre hires that made me wonder really early in the Dooley regime if he was insane. Besides yeah. Derek Dooley? Yes. Yes. Besides that hire. Yeah. Uh, I. It, it's funny, Dave and I talked last week. I, I, I've been a little more fair to Derek Dooley than, the most, than most. I get what your point is with him with recruiting, but I don't know a coach that inherit. I don't know a coach that had a sh- – that had a worse situation to take over than Derek Dooley at Tennessee in 2010, not just because of how bad a shape the program was in, but how good the SEC was at that particular time. I think in 2011 was the year that LSU, Alabama, and Arkansas finished one, two, and three in the country. And Tennessee just happened to draw LSU, Alabama, and Arkansas from the West that year. It was at that time where you drew three teams from the other division. And so just, and then Tyler, Tyler Bray goes down, Justin Hunter goes down. But yeah, that that was a definitely a questionable hire, particularly in the whole, and, and there were and there was some confusion throughout the game because you know LSU kept subbing in late and Tennessee's defense wasn't getting the time that they felt they deserved to be able to sub in in response. So yeah, crazy wild stuff happens there. Uh, Joe's saying that uh, noon was inevitable. Major League Baseball playoff CBS hasn't had UGA yet, and the Texas A and M Bama game was always going to be the evening game. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess, but I would like to know why my computer is making so much noise. I don't know if you guys could hear that. Could you guys hear that? St. Patrick's Day, apparently. Yes. Um, But yeah, don't go to ESPN.com. So uh, yeah, I still, I think you find a way to, to, to fit that game into some other place, three thirty. I mean, like, it, it, for the people who would say they're feeling disrespected, I think this is disrespect to LSU more than it is Tennessee. I don't. I, I think that if right. they put it on the if they put it on the noon game, I mean, Tennessee's the top ten team right now. LSU is the unranked one, and yeah. you know, so That's a good point. Um, John saying, I hope Aaron Judge gets sixty two before the LSU game. Imagine watching the cut ins like last oh, week. Gosh, you're so right. Wait, now you reference that too, Amanda. I didn't. Uh, is it because I'm on a different streaming service? I didn't get any cut ins. You now, didn't get I, any cut ins? No, I got the alerts on my phone. I was kind of scratching my head yesterday what you were talking about because no, I didn't get any cut ins of 
of Aaron Judge. I don't know if it's a different. Are we talking about during the during the day throughout the day? Is that what you're yes. talking? Yes, it was every like almost every college football game. I I swear, and it was the I think Auburn Missouri like right at the end, which it was. Trust me, it was not a great game. I can't remember when it was, but it was like at pivotal points in games, they just flip and like have Aaron Judge over here and then like the college football game over here. And it was everywhere, every single game. Like it would not stop. It was the most insane. I, oh, I just wanted to claw my eyes out watching that. Yeah. Well, I've got a, I've, Chattanooga is known as like Gig City, so I've got a different provider, so I'm not really sure why, but I didn't see that. I was actually planning on going to Baltimore on Friday to see Aaron Judge, and because I, I have a feeling he hits it on Friday, and he hits uh, 61. I called Caleb to ask if he wanted to have lunch, which was a way for me to then you know, kind of work into the conversation. Hey, do you have a couch that I can sleep on? We didn't get that far because Caleb's going to be out of town. <laughs> so I was looking, kind of looking for a free place to stay. But um, no, I wasn't really doing that, Caleb. Uh, but yeah, I I do love the passive aggressiveness of the coverage. Don't you guys love that? You know, Barry Bonds hit 70. And, but it's basically, this is the steroid-free one. And it's c- kind of like, Caleb kind of taking a shot at those steroid guys like McGuire and all those dudes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of funny because like I'm so mixed on it because growing up, like my first love as a sports fan was King Griffey Jr. So like I took it very personally to see McGuire, Sosa and Bonds all surpass him and stardom in the late nineties and the two thousands. And there was all this talk of why is Griffey not keeping up? I'm like, well, cause he's human and he hit 30. And when you hit 30 and you're not juicing, you're going to, you're going to get a little bit worse, but I'll say this with Aaron Judge that um, he I think he's played, what, 149 games now. And so he's only got five to break the Babe Ruth record, which, no, he's tied it at least. But still no one surpassed without cheating 60 home runs in 154 games. And I just but I feel like the Albert Pujols thing is getting overshadowed right now. Like that should be the the thing that should be what's going on. They're probably, I saw, they're probably both juicing. I, I saw Mark McGuire hit two of his home runs in person, by the way, in St. Louis, just FYI. Who cares? He was cheating. I don't care. Yeah. I was still like in fifth grade. Get off me. <laughs> to be fair, McGuire didn't cheat initially. He did cheat in 98, but like he did break the all-time rookie home run record in like 86 or 87. McGuire was the guy that was like – the 29 year old player, but he was, when he came in at 21. So when he was like 25, he was already looking like he was aging. And so I think he did, I think he took steroids to like just offset some really rapid aging that was happening with him. Uh, Craft treats. As we get back to Tennessee, a little off topic there. Craft <laughs> treats is a great place to go. Uh, Crafttreats.com. type in the promo code off the hook sports for 20% off for great, craft treats and dog treats that will help your pet with uh, social anxiety or car ride anxiety or whatever the case may be. And um, they are just fantastic. Wholesome. They make them themselves. So, you know, your pet's going to be in good shape. So Caleb, as far as the off week, it's an opportunity for Tennessee to take a guy who's flashed and, 
take him to another level. That means playing more. That means being more comfortable, more packages. Who are some of those players that you think could take a step in the off week? And I'm going to go first, even though he didn't have a big impact last week, which surprised me a little bit. So maybe there's something miss I'm not aware of, but that would be Squirrel White. I believe that uh, Squirrel will have an increased presence after the off week, given some more time to work on his game. Who would? Who do you think that might be? I was going to go on a similar route, funny enough, because I'm going to say uh, Jimmy Holiday in the kick return game. Um, I think that if like there, if like if you looked at Tennessee football as a stock exchange and you talked about assets to buy that are being undervalued right now, I would say the return game in general, because everybody's upset about the failed recovered onside kick. And I get it. You, you got to recover those onside kicks. But Jimmy Holiday had a 27 yard kickoff return mm-hmm. and a 34 yard kickoff return over the weekend and he almost he came close to it seemed like he came close to breaking one of those and so i'm with you squirrel white would do the same in the punt return game and i think that i think they finally have who they want in both spots and they now have two weeks to really work on it with just those guys don't put trayvon flowers back returning punts i'm going to like write that in all caps yes (laughs) Uh, i I agree he he doesn't bring you any explosion, I think the one mistake, the fumble against Pitt was probably an aberration, but still, it's just not the same explosion. And then I'll give you one on defense, Joshua Josephs. I think he could play more. I think he's flashed. And with an early bye week, I think they know what they've got out of him. I I like his upside. I talked to people over there at Tennessee that think that his his ceiling is rather high, Caleb. I could go with that. I've been shocked the number of times I've heard his name called this early in the year um, for a true freshman defense or true freshman edge rusher. I, I did not see that coming. Um, on defense, I would actually go probably, and I think out of desperation more than anything, Christian Charles. I think I don't think anybody can handle the number one cornerback spot yet, but I think Christian Charles is the only one athletic enough to do it. So I think if he actually could fine tune his skills a little bit, he might actually be able to handle it. Because I, I'm sorry, everybody was asking about, you know, could Kamal hadn't overtake Warren Burrell? I'm sorry. I know he had a tackle for a loss over the weekend. He still got burned a lot. He played awful. Tamarian McDonald also played. Tamarian McDonald probably was the worst defensive back on the field last week. And he got beat a lot too. And he, I know he plays nickel, but I'm going Christian Charles. Someone's got to take that top cornerback spot. And right now, Burrell has it by default when he's healthy. Yeah, I wonder what's happened with Andre Turrentine. I thought that the expectations were a little high from him transferring from Ohio State. It's not like he played a lot there anyway, but he at least had been in a in a college weight room environment and, and that sort of thing. I, I thought he would have more of an impact, but we haven't seen that. I, I just, Caleb, I, I, I totally appreciate what you're saying, but I just don't know that they have a dude back there that's significantly better. I'm saying Christian Charles has significantly the most potential. That doesn't mean he's going to be good. Um, I'm I'm seeing – here's a throwback for you. I'm seeing potential like Jonathan Wade style with Christian Charles. Remember Jonathan Wade switched from receiver to cornerback and then was hurt, so he spent a whole year to learn the position. And then he came out and was pretty strong. I think, um, I think Christian Charles has – Again, he just has raw athleticism. He may not be ready to play the position. You're right. And I think Andre Turrentine, they ended up moving him over at safety, which was weird in this offseason. So, but I'm, I mean, over the, 
that's just one to watch because out because it's out of desperation because I don't think Tennessee has an answer at cornerback. I just I, I said at the beginning of the year we both talked about it and I think it's come to fruition. They just have issues there, and there's just not they're not that athletic, and that's what that is. They're just not that athletic, and I think Christian Charles is at least athletic even if he hasn't really fine tuned all the nuts and bolts of playing cornerback. So how do you feel like they should? I mean address this like how do you feel like going forward you have a real tough schedule you have you know you have Tennessee or Tennessee you have Alabama you have Georgia you have you're going to LSU and I know that LSU is not great but it's still LSU they still have that talent there so how do you address the situation what do you do going forward you just changed your like scheme altogether like what do you what do you do I mean you wait till next year yeah, I, I, I'm with Dave on that. I think you kind of have to wait till next year. Um, your best bet with LSU, and you know the thing that's un, un, underrated about LSU is like for a team with a first-year head coach, they don't throw that many interceptions either. I, I do, how many do they have on the year two? Um, I have no idea. But yeah, I mean, not many. Yeah, not many. And so you, you kind of again, this is an LSU team that let's be honest, they should be undefeated right now. It was a series of ridiculous mistakes why they lost that first game to Florida State. And if they if they do win that game, we are talking about that probably being on CBS in two weeks. So I think your best bet is sometimes you kind of have to do this out of desperation is I think particularly with LSU is you just bring some pressure, bring a little more pressure. You didn't do that to Anthony Richardson because there was the fear of him using his legs. And I think against LSU, you just got to blitz a lot more. You're just going to start bringing more pressure with the linebackers. Um, they're not that useful in coverage anyway. The linebackers, we've talked about it all year, aren't that good in coverage. Um, I, You know, I don't hate that because I think you feel better about your safeties than you do any other position. The defense I agree. So I agree. And the smartest thing that was done over the weekend, by the way, for people who question what Tim Banks, Tim Banks is play calling throughout the day, anybody that questions Tim Banks – Look at what he did after Florida recovered that onside kick. Every coach in America would have played prevent defense and tried desperately to stop them from getting a Hail Mary. Tim Banks brought the house, the rest of the, you know, that, that whole drive right there. And on that final Hail Mary, he brought like six guys, which I've always said on Hail Marys, it makes way more sense to bring pressure than it does to drop back and play prevent because you know they have to let the play develop to throw it. Yeah. Um, Let's get a reset of today's tough question and uh, the reset and where we stand. Brought to you by Zool Beer Company. Zool Beer Company. Go to ZulBeer.com. Fantastic panoramic view of downtown. Great place to hang out and worldwide award-winning craft beer. Got it. It's almost as hard as Nico's name. Uh, Amanda, where are we with uh, today's tough question? All right. So how do you feel about the LSU Tennessee noon kickoff time? So we had four four options, disrespected, not surprised, I wish it was later, and I love it when early. Love it when early is winning big with 73%. So a lot of people, Tennessee fans, don't necessarily think there's 0% that think it's a disrespected move. Like they're not, they don't feel disrespected by the move. Um, there's, you know, 11% or 8% that aren't surprised 16% wish it was later, but for the majority, Tennessee fans, I think, really understand that this is an advantage for Tennessee versus one for LSU. 
Interesting. Okay, so we've got a new uh, bit that we want you to take part of, Caleb. It's uh, Tried Again Tuesday, and Amanda LaFrada came up with this. So we'll get an element together, and it'll be all fancy eventually. But uh, for now, it is me saying Tried Again Tuesday. <laughs> Brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive. So Tried Again Tuesday, you can look back in the SEC or Tennessee for that matter, and you can uh, say, hey, that didn't go real well. You need to try that again. So, Amanda, do you want to start? You got to try it again Tuesday for us? Oh, I definitely have a try it again Tuesday. This is this is what uh, started this whole thing. Is So, Arkansas released a, in, in lieu of the checkered, you know, checkerboard Neyland thing, Ole Miss first released a let's stripe, let's stripe Ole Miss. So they're going to try to stripe it with blue and red and white. That That's okay. Try it again, Ole Miss, because that's not going to work out. Everybody needs to leave the, the checkerboarding striping. Just leave it to the Vols. Leave it to the Vols. But Arkansas especially said we're going to do a red out game yeah. for Alabama – Versus Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same color. Like it's oh. very close, similar colors. And I don't know if they realize that opposing fans aren't going to wear white. That's <laughs> opposing teams. So <laughs> it's going to look exactly the same as yeah. it would if you just didn't say anything. So try it again, Arkansas. Try it again. Yeah, I like that. Try it again Tuesday. What about you, uh, Caleb? I know we're catching it kind of off guard. And if you want to post on the message board, we'll be glad to read those out. Uh, try it again Tuesday. I got a couple. Um, uh, how about you? Do, do you have one for try it again Tuesday? I mean, I try to be nice on those things. So for me, I will stick maybe with on the field happenings, at which point I will just say Harrison Nevis, try it again. You shouldn't miss 26-yard chip shot field goals from dead center to win a game if you play college football, particularly with NIL money. I don't believe – I'm going to say this, and this is a soapbox I've been on for 15 years, and I'm on I'm it even higher now. Stop coddling kickers and because they miss kicks they should make. That's their job. If they miss a 35, 40, 45-yarder in college, okay, we can have a conversation. Missing chip shot field goals, dead center – there's no excuse for that, and you don't deserve any sort of sympathy. You have a job to do. I can roll with that. My try again Tuesday goes to Nathaniel Pete, and it is trying to extend the ball over the goal line in the Missouri Auburn game. He's uh, the Missouri tailback. What does he do? He fumbles, and we're game- both Missouri. <laughs> What's that? We're both we're both going at Missouri players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm going I'm going Nathaniel Pete. You just don't extend the ball like that, really ever. If you talk to if you talk to coaches, I'm certain that I'm certain that I'm never going back to ESPN.com again. I'm certain that there are um, there are times you feel like you should extend the ball and it works for you and all that. But coaches across the board will say it's not worth it unless you're like in a last down type of situation that over the long haul, it hurts you. 
Uh, it's kind of a similar, and it was it was David Cutcliffe that that told me this. He said you don't ever really want that, and unless you know it's fourth down, like a Joe Milton play, and you know you have to make a play right then, or the time's running out, or some some sort of desperation, and you don't want to be extending the ball, and that's what Pete did. So try it again Tuesday. Try it again, Brandon Pete, because that did not work out, and. I'm surprised we don't see that more often, to be real honest with you. Um, but we, we've seen it uh, throughout. But, Amanda, what do you think that the Alabama players thought about the, the red out? I mean, I, mean, I really – I, I bet they just laughed. Yeah, I don't really think that they felt any sort of way about it. It's just this is typical Arkansas behavior. Like, I don't know if you remember in 2011 when that big hurricane came through, um, Tuscaloosa and wiped out like a lot of stuff. And then Arkansas, not Arkansas, the football, but somebody from Arkansas tweeted out like they're running back in a tornado. That was like, we're coming for you, Alabama. And I was like, that's just, this oh just, my gosh, this is horrible. But like, this is Arkansas, my God, you're already like the little piggies you're already the little piggies calm it down like just let it go stop it red out who came up with that and who's sticking with it it'd be like cool if you're playing tennessee or something but yeah it's totally not cool if you're playing alabama i actually don't think it's even cool for tennessee only because like (laughs) when you do these like these whatever out games like this Arkansas stadium usually looks pretty red anyway for people yeah. in Arkansas fan. So like yeah. a red out, like if you're going to do a blackout or a whiteout, like, okay. But you know, if you want Arkansas to roll out in some black jerseys, fine. But yeah, I don't even think it works if they're playing. It, it just looks, it's just dumber when you're playing Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're all, everyone's all red anyway. So what, yeah. what, what? John said, can you imagine paying more than $20 a ticket to watch that Auburn Mizzou game? That was an ugly game. I it, listen. If that game was in my backyard, I'd close the shades. Oh, I said, um, I said last week it was a game to both coaches were coaching for their job in that game, and I still think both coaches should be fired after after what happened. Those are awful teams. Those awful, two. awful. And I, I think I think Mizzou from this point forward should be playing for their right to stay in the SEC. That they should just be jettisoned. But Amanda <laughs> knows I hate Mizzou. You do. Well, they really do. There's there they also have a very good journalism department and they, they the ones that come out of there are a little snobby. Oh, I went to Mizzou. They, they, they I I did a journalism camp at Missouri one time and yes, it's very um but okay, Old Miss is that way with their literary program. I I didn't well, know that. But but Mizzou ain't Northwestern. I mean Northwestern that they can be snobby about their journalism and broadcasting if they want to. I mean that's well, but Mizzou ain't that, are they? No, they're not that. But I think maybe these coaches, like Auburn and uh, in Mizzou's coaches, probably took a look at Scott Frost's playbook and like, how can we get out of here as fast as possible and get the most money? Let's just, it looked like they were trying to, like, let's try to get fired. And oh, ho, ho, Eli, Eli got you, Brian. Because he made it worse. Brandon <laughs> says uh, that game, the Mizzou. Um, oh, I see the game. Yeah, 
uh, belongs on Jefferson Pilot's board. Oh, that that was remembers that back in the day. That was that was like they just picked people out of the stands to do the broadcasting. I mean, yeah, I hate to be mean. I'm not going to say any names because I do not rip other media. But I remember watching that thinking. I'm 24 years old, and I feel quite certain I could do better than that right now. I think that's why we as SEC fans hate noon games, by the way. We have such a tradition of associating it with used to be the noon game was on Jefferson Pilot or 11 a.m., I guess, if you were Central Time. And we just were like, oh, it's going to be such a dull game to watch. It's JP Sports, 11 a.m. And <laughs> Now, I will give uh, – it was I will give Holly Rowe – a lot of credit because I thought she was really rough to start and she's now with ESPN, right? Or I know she, she had yeah. a battle with cancer. Yeah. So she was, uh, she, she got better and I credit her for that. Um, and I will tell you this more attractive in person than you would think. Well, we all got to start somewhere, Dave. <laughs> all got to start somewhere. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they say the camera adds 10 pounds, but in person it takes off 10 pounds. So, well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. I, I will say that. And reset Holly Rowe hot or not. No, <laughs> not doing that. The bluegrass miracle did happen on Jefferson pilot sports. The, the LSU game. Yeah. LSU, game. LSU Kentucky. When the yep. LSU band members came out there and was like yep. on the field and Kentucky yep. scored through the band, through the oh, band and the fans. Yep. That was, that was a, that was a JP game. Could we not have come up with a better name than Bluegrass Miracle? It's Kentucky. Um, I mean, I, I've actually said this. This is it's funny because we're talking how about, about, how, about the, how about the Commonwealth catastrophe? <laughs> I, that one's pretty good, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good one. Like <laughs> I, 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 I LSU. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's true. This happened at LSU. This is for LSU, so it's you know, um, you know. Tennessee and Kentucky have very much em embraced a lot of their bluegrass country folks, which, which I'm fine with. I think sometimes they got to work. I think Tennessee does it better than Kentucky does work a little bit harder to appeal to some younger fans and recruits um, at the same time. Um, I've always said like the checkerboard overalls. I'm sorry if I was a recruit hot take. I'm not a fan of checkerboard overalls. They, you look super square when you wear those. I thought the same thing on Saturday when you said that, that is crazy. Super uh, square. Did you mean uh, to do that? <laughs> no, but well, crafted. Well crafted. <laughs> yeah. Joe said, uh, didn't Tom Hart start there too? I don't know if Tom did or not, but Tom's very good. I, when he was, I know he started as the play-by-play -play voice of the Tennessee Smokies, and I was like, "Well, you're not going to have him for long," because he is—he uh, is really, really good. So, I'm curious. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button if you don't mind. Because how differently would Tennessee be viewed if they ran an offense like Arkansas with the same results? I want to—I want to dig into that for a second. Brought to you by Viles Automotive Group right there on Callahan. Viles Automotive Group has a great selection and has the service that you would expect out of somebody you know. It's about integrity. It's absolutely phenomenal. You've got to go Viles Automotive Group for your next car purchase. So, guys, really, what you have with Arkansas and Tennessee offensively is much the same thing. And it's an approach to overcome a talent deficiency. 
because they are not as talented as the Alabamas or Georgias of the world. And last year, Tennessee was even further behind in proven talent. So was Arkansas in its first year under Sam Pittman. So how differently would Tennessee be viewed? Let me start with Amanda. Because what you have is essentially the triple option of the 80s and 90s. It is a way of tempo, tempo, tempo to offset talent. So with Sam Pittman, he's going to run the ball and control the clock. That's his way of offsetting talent deficiencies that Arkansas has. How differently would Tennessee be viewed if they were that three yards and a cloud of dust type of offense as opposed to the high fine offense? Even if they had the same amount of wins, the exact same amount of wins last year and this year, Amanda, let me start with you. How differently would they be viewed? I mean, a, a lot differently. I feel like they would, they're not the type of offense that Tennessee runs makes them exciting and makes them fun to watch. If you're going to tune in to a game, you want to see like people, defense wins championships. We've all heard that. I think it's changed a little bit. If you want to see a game that is high powered and fun and great to watch, Tennessee is that game. Everyone wants to see that. Everyone wants to see that kind of offense now. You don't want to see the ground and pound, three yards, three yards, you know, four yards. You don't want to see that anymore. You want to see those high-powered offenses. So Tennessee would be viewed, I mean, similar to like, I don't know. It would be like watching Auburn, Missouri. You know, I mean, it's just. You don't have to go there. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, that's how boring that kind of stuff is, where you're just sitting here, just like, can you just get down the field and not take you 10 minutes? Please just get down the field. But Caleb, along those lines, so it's different, but is what Sam Pittman is, what he's doing, because he's going to be able, if if everything's equal, he's going to be able to get, some better defensive prospects at times because they don't have to be on the field uh, nearly as much. I would think if everything is equal coming down to prospect between a defender choosing Arkansas and Tennessee, and he's 50, 50, that could be a factor in his decision is what Sam Pittman is doing at Arkansas more sustainable than what Josh Heupel is currently doing at Tennessee. I think that if it was a standard spread offense you might have a point with Josh Heupel but as we've talked about there's a lot more I don't want to say complexities but he does again he uses the run a lot he 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 really works to establish the run it's just tempo is that's all he does I think Josh Heupel I think they're a little bit different and I think they kind of work for their areas Josh Heupel is going to be very quarterback and receiver based oh he's got Florida connections so guess what he can recruit some receivers and nowadays you can get a quarterback from anywhere if you find them in particularly when it with NIL money. So I think Josh Heupel has it right for his system. I think Arkansas and, you know, Kendall Bryles is very ahead of the curve as an offensive coordinator. Um, I think he's very good with his personnel and understanding what needs to be done. I think that one of the underrated things for Pete and, and Dave, you followed recruiting. So you probably know this really well. Um, if you track NFL talent, And Arkansas is basically a gateway to this region. There's a unique amount of offensive line talent that comes from the Great Plains. And then it's, and I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons Nebraska struggled under Scott Frost, I don't think Scott Frost is a bad coach. Scott Frost ran an up-tempo, skill-based offense. 
Nebraska's completely gone away from what made them so good in the 90s. Now, the triple option is not going to work anymore. That's a dead offense. Defenses are too fast. But you can find an offense. I think Arkansas has perfected the art of finding an offense where you can really maximize the advantage of offensive linemen and elite offensive linemen. And I feel like Nebraska should have gone that route because, you know, Wisconsin, yes, they're struggling this year, but Wisconsin usually stays pretty relevant every year because they, they're like, we'll get, we'll find five guys that work on corn dairy farms and in, in, in the yeah. rural parts of our state and we'll plug them up front and we'll just, we'll just manhandle you and run it and win 10 games doing it. And I think Arkansas can is more on the long, along the lines of being able to do that. Tennessee more can get because of Heifel's connections, because of where they are, is more capable of getting certain athletes, particularly on the outside. And so I think that it's I, I think their styles fit for what they do. Yeah, and it was funny you mentioned that I hadn't really thought about it, but in in that area, uh, Nebraska, Arkansas, you're talking about a lot of developmental guys that are old man strong i would call mm -hmm. it just naturally strong and corn and guys, fed corn fed guys yep. that the guys that come up through um guys that come up through the ranks a lot of times too brandon burlesworth the award that that goes to the best former walk-on um uh, rest in peace he 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 was that type of guy you know he he was a walk-on, kept getting better and better. And those are developmental programs and probably always will be when you talk about Arkansas and Wisconsin and Nebraska. I don't think they're going to suddenly go out and recruit five-star talent left and right. Um, you're always going to have the Ohio States of the world swooping in if they do have a special player in that area. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's – Yeah, the move, for them is to, the move for them is to dominate with the developmental guys in the trenches and do what Scott uh, – Tommy, uh, listen to me uh, – what Tom Osborne did and find the one athletic quarterback in Tommy Frazier that can take your offense to the next level and have the elite running back. And then there you go. Yeah. So uh, uh, what's the running back's name? I saw him in person twice and I suddenly can't remember his name. The what, Lawrence Phillips or Ramon? Yeah, Lawrence Phillips. Yeah. He was an interesting cat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah, um, had, some, had some real issues. Um, yeah. Is it, oh. it, how, what's he doing nowadays? Does anybody know? Because last I heard, uh, did he, he pass away? I thought he passed away. Oh, well uh, then. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, on the corn-fed side, I mean, just with what we're talking well, about, it's always like I feel like more of it's deep, like it's offensive linemen, but a lot of it's defensive, like people, like the Watt brothers for Wisconsin. Like, who, though, by, I mean, who, by the way, Butch Jones wanted to make JJ Watt a, a tight end. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's those are the kind of examples of like the corn fed, like go out and and you know, pick up the hay barrels at the end of the day, kind of thing. You're like, right. The trick with that though on the defensive line is defensive tackle. I mean, this is really what ended the triple option as a unit as an offense is, particularly in the South, there kind of became a realization that you can get defensive tackles that have the athleticism of track stars. Yeah. And yeah. just like, I, I still will never get over that too. I, it, it, it blows my mind that Tennessee had John Henderson and Albert Hainsworth playing in the middle on the same team one year. I mean, that's like the most freakishly amazing combination of athleticism in, in history. Well, I can, I can remember asking, I said, do you think that, I think it was, I think it was Philip that I asked this. It might've been an offensive line coach. Um, 
was there there was a Barry that was an offensive line coach, I think. Mike Barry. Mike Barry. It might have been him. I, I can't remember who I asked. And I said, Do you think Albert, because he was like a year or two behind, I, I said, Do you think Albert can be as good as Sean Henderson? And the answer was better. And I was like, Really? And he goes, Yeah, he has that quick twitch even more than and he said he will just absolutely sting offensive linemen where they don't want to be a part of it anymore. And I think you saw that. I think there were times where Albert wasn't in the best shape of his life, but was still a dominant force for a while in the NFL. I mean, there's a reason the Titans franchised him twice. There's a mm -hmm. reason the Redskins paid him $30 million. And um, yeah, I don't know how we got off on, the, on those guys, but it, it, you, you, there should be a lot of guys in that area. And I don't know why. Why is it called corn fed? Does anybody know that? Because actually it would be protein that you would want to eat that would make you stronger. It's just, it's just the like, it's the agriculture area. Yeah, corn grows out there. Yeah. Well, I don't know that, but it's like corn. That's all it is. I don't know. No, I mean, not, yeah, exactly. It should be, it should be, but if we're talking about strong guys, it should be like the, the protein shake, guys. Guys, this is America. They sneak corn into everything we do, though, into everything we eat. So, <laughs> I mean, true. this is – you got you got a couple of big food companies that are like – that. yeah, sorry. I'm not going to go off a tangent on that. But <laughs> have, have you ever had uh, smoked corn, by the way? I'm from I Memphis. I've had smoked know. everything. Yeah, smoked <laughs> corn, man, is fantastic. And you need to go to Alice Ness Barbecue to get that smoker, that Green Mountain Grill because you can smoke your corn right there with the rest of the meat and they have all the sauces and the rubs that you could possibly imagine. It is unbelievable. And it is house nest barbecue right there. In Noodle Okay. Caleb. So I don't know if you got anything planned today. If you do go ahead and plug it, tease it. Uh, because uh, off the hook sports.com is your home for uh, Tennessee coverage. I got a couple of things coming up. Uh, the first person who called, um, called Jacob Warren after beating Florida was a former ball who kind of sort of knows the feeling because he played the same position. Also, I'm going to have my final thoughts on uh final wrap up of, of the Florida game, the takeaways, and we got a recruiting column coming up as well, but anything you got planned for the day, Jacob? Did you just call me Jacob? Jacob. He did. He did. Caleb. Just so you know, my little brother's name is Jacob, and my parents were like, I don't know why, named us both our first name, John Calhoun. So literally, my little brother's John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. His name is my name, too. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I was thinking of Jacob Warren, not your brother. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, so um, I think I'll work a little bit on um, uh I, I, I might write something on I, I've been thinking about this on just defensive Tim Banks and his defensive schemes over the weekend. Love and, it. You know, I just I don't know how you guys feel. I think that some of the coverages were just necessary because of what they were worried about with Florida. I, I don't think we know how good of a coach he is because of the limitations and the way the, the entire program is structured around offense and the way they practice. I, I agree. I just don't think we have any. He could go on to be Vince Lombardi, or he could go on to be Butch Jones. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Caleb, uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. If you haven't read Caleb yet on offthoaksports.com, you have got to. He is a, a fantastic writer and brings up some really good points. So, Caleb, have a great afternoon. And if, if, if I decide to make the game Friday night in Baltimore, if you could just leave the keys – Maybe 
underneath under the, the mat. Yeah, that would be great. But we will talk about that. I appreciate it, Caleb. Thanks. All right. Have a good one, guys. Went full Bye, office. Caleb. I went full office space for a second. Yeah, that'd be great. If you could go ahead and do those TPS reports, that'd be fantastic. Do you love that movie or do you love that movie? Office space? Over, I think it's overrated. I, I mean, I've watched it like a few times, but it's not as it's not as overrated as Super Troopers. Um, no, that's true. I'll tell you what's overrated is buying an e-bike online that is not a pedigo because you're not going to get service on that e-bike and you're going to be hung out to drive something goes wrong with it and it probably will. So Pedigo Chattanooga has the best e-bikes. Pedigo Chattanooga is a great place if you want to rent a bike and roll around downtown, not worry about parking, or if you want to purchase, know that you got service at Pedigo dealerships across the country. And John's saying, Dave, you can't have my red stapler. Uh, no, you can't. Another office space reference. Back in yeah. two minutes with Message Warbinga. It's Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Oh no. I love this. I get thrown off every time. It's a cool mix up. It is right here. Like right here it is. And then after that, it's just yeah, too much. Yeah, kind of goes off the rails. Definitely Ze Zeppelin is my favorite band of all time. Mine too. If I had to go second, though, it would probably be the Stones. 
I mean, I, I think uh, Sympathy for the Devil is probably the best written song ever. And that was the opening lyrics of that. I just, that one song to me, as, as a collective, it's by far Zeppelin. But that one song to me is better than anything Zeppelin did. I know you're going to go crazy over that. Oh, look. We'll have to talk about this off the air. I got the look. Um, Daniel saying attack of the porn bots. I'm sorry, guys. I <laughs> delete those as fast as I can. And it is absolutely brutal. So, no, yeah. we are not the ones posting Uxdeen Ishne 18 Blonde. No, it's Ishne not me. Ishnush 19 Brunette. Um, no, we are not those people, just so you know no. that. The message board bingo today is brought to you by our friends at Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies is a great place to watch the game at Big Orange Phillies. They've got it all. You can shoot some stick, play some billiards, throw some darts. How about that? And you can also just enjoy great food. And they've got yeah. cornhole, and it's just fantastic. All right, so let's get to a, a little bit of message board bingo. And then we've got uh, pretty cool. Well, I think it's pretty cool. We got a pretty cool uh, this day in sports history to close this out that you're not going to want to miss because uh, it, it, it illustrates what being a jerk uh, can can do and how karma can bite you in the rear. And um, I'm quite glad of that because this guy who we were talking about earlier, it's about Mark McGuire, was one incredible jerk. But first, message board bingo a winner saying those bots are a sign you hit some sort of metric yep well uh, i guess it's good that we hit the porn metric all right <laughs> well i think just everyone needs to know you are not the blonde and i am not the brunette He's, like yeah, everyone just and we, and we don't speak german either because they're all in german no, we don't speak German. Hit that like and subscribe button for Amanda, not porn. So you can be a part of our coverage, and we would uh, love for you to do that. Subscribe, like, share, comment below. And John's saying probably the character people who top one here. I don't think so. All right, message board bingo is now if you can type in the winner or you can type in the uh, message board of the team of which this post was posted, it's very difficult to say. Then type in the team. Yeah, just type in the team. Fan base. You, then you can um, you can win a hooker shirt. We're giving away a hooker shirt left and right. So let's do that. Message board bingo boom. All right. So this is ACC. Ack. That's what happens when you continue to make right. bad head coach. Can I say one funny thing real quick? Yeah. You remember the AAFL and its illustrious six weeks of action like five years ago? I block it out. Yeah, it was like a, a different league in the spring and they lasted like six weeks. I yeah. told this guy that it was called the AF and it was the AAFL. <laughs> and he used that forever. And he got so into it that he got a media credential and went to a game in Birmingham. And... I said, did you refer to it as the AF in the press box? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's what they call it. And I, no, they don't. Nobody but you and me call it that. 
like maybe he lied to you. If you met this dude, you would know that I was the right one. Maybe a little off kilter. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> Bingo. That's what happens when you continue to make bad head coaching hires. Had to keep it in the family, though. He played here, bro. This time, we actually were willing to spend and wasted it. Beyond disappointing. I know exactly who this is. You got 10 seconds starting now. Message board bingo. If you can tell me what team's message board saw that post. And John said Miami. Good job, John. Oh, I thought it was Nebraska. It's ACC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did say ACC. Sorry. Joe said Nebraska, too. Well, it does fit Nebraska, except for that ACC part of it. So, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, so, who got it? John. John, email me at Dave at offthehooksports.com. Dave at offthehooksports.com. I'll type it in here, and then I will hook you up. Oh, did Brandon get it first? I don't see a Brandon post. Um... Hmm, that's weird. Um, I don't see a Brandon post. All right. So, and crazy, your shirt's in, your shirt's in there. Should I keep playing till I get my shirt or what? I, I, I don't. Ooh. Crazy, you're gonna have to email me again. We had some confusion. I think I know who you are. I wish there was an easier way to interact with you guys on YouTube, but there's not at this point. So we're we're doing our best. I, I mean, I would just give you my cell phone number. But or we can do Twitter. You can. I would give you my cell phone number, but I would pick up the phone and it'd be like, Ish Nox Oosh 18 Blonde. Press one for blonde. Press two for brunette. For redhead, call a different number. All right. <laughs> what do we message war bingo part two? We got time for one more. Let's roll. All right. ACC again. Can we drop to D2? Like, this is a legit question. Can we drop to D2? Yeah. And this is an ACC team. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think I know who it is. You got 10 seconds. Once I come up with it in my head, winner EC says Georgia Tech. No. That's who I thought it was. You got five more seconds. Anybody? Duke, Boston College, Virginia Tech. No. Wake Forest. <sighs> no. Too hard. All right, what is it? Good North try. Carolina. North Carolina? Yeah, I don't know why. That makes no sense. Yeah. If we have time for one more, I've got a good one. All right, let's roll. All right. Not trying to be the tinfoil hat guy, but this is so fishy. No way CBS thinks Auburn, with an interim coach, likely at this point, playing the number one team in the nation, will bring in more viewers than our game. Really seems like they're trying to influence our game to help the other team of going into their next game undefeated. Read that one one more time. Okay. This is not ACC, by the way. So, not trying to be the tinfoil hat guy, but this is so fishy. No way CBS thinks Auburn, with a likely at that point, interim coach playing the number one team in the nation, will bring in more viewers than our game. 
really seems like they're trying to influence the game to help the other team of going into the Bama game undefeated. Joe says LSU. Yep. Okay. Joe, you were the first one to say LSU. So I'm going to put, I'm going to make this really simple. This cannot be easier. And okay. David off the hook sports.com. There it is. Email me if you want a shirt and don't lie about it. <laughs> There's a Somebody lie about it. <laughs> I mean, I guess they could because everybody's got, everybody's got aliases. But if my email fills up, we're not doing this anymore. If it's uh, German, that's going to be bad. Ich, nusch, nach, ich, blonde, 18. Uh, it is time for this day in sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. On this day in sports history, so we're waiting for Aaron Judge to break the supposedly steroid-free record. I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm a big Judge fan. I mean, I don't know. But on this day in 1998, Phil Ozerski, he was a fan making $30,000 a year. He caught Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball. I think I said earlier Barry Bonds had the record. That's so that that means it's so inconsequential in my mind. Um, the Cardinals asked for the ball in exchange for a signed bat, ball, and jersey. Ozerski, all he said was also want to meet McGuire. So he's making 30 grand a year. Okay. So that's all he wants to do. And they offer him a signed bat ball in Jersey. McGuire says he wouldn't meet him. How big is the jerkitude in that? I'd keep the ball. He did. Three months later, he sold it for guess how much? 50 grand. Three. I'm holding up three numbers. Another three hundred thousand. Higher. Three million. Three million dollars. So Mark's jerkitude made that guy financially independent when he was trying to be a good dude. So there. Good for him. That's called karma. That is absolutely called karma so i love it city heating and air conditioning is about integrity a lot like that guy and unlike mark mcguire and city heating and air conditioning services all of the knoxville area it's hvac at its best and we certainly appreciate them and their support like i said with all of our sponsors anybody on our site if it is if it's on our site we either do business with them or we would and will when we need their services. Have a fantastic day, everyone. 8.30 tomorrow morning, we'll be with you. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.